Hey everyone, my name is Alan Smithson, the host of the XR for Business podcast. I'm really excited. We have an amazing guest today. DJ Smith is the co-founder and chief creative officer at The Glimpse Group. The Glimpse Group is a holding company for portfolio of 10 startups focused on virtual and augmented reality industries. At Glimpse, DJ's responsibilities include overseeing the production of all VR and AR content, as well as leading the efforts to locate new subsidiary companies. In addition, DJ is the organizer of the New York Virtual Reality Meetup, NYVR. NYVR hosts monthly events focused on the virtual reality technology and the premier venue for the industry network in collaboration within New York City. NYVR is the second largest virtual meetup in the world with over 6,000 members. Prior to entering the VRAR industry, DJ worked for 20 years in the real estate and construction industries. The Glimpse Group is a company designed with a specific purpose of cultivating entrepreneurs in VR, AR, and of course, XR. The business model simplifies many of the challenges faced by entrepreneurs while simultaneously providing investors with an opportunity to invest directly into the VR, AR space. The Glimpse Group will fund, cultivate, and manage business operations while providing a strong network of professional relationships. Being part of the Glimpse Group allows entrepreneurs to maximize their time and resources in pursuit of their mission-critical endeavors. They've invested in 10 companies, which we'll get into this show, but uh, the 10 companies are Adept Reality, Inuit, D6VR, Kabak, Immersive Health Group, Create AR, Number 9, Early Adopter, Motion Zone, Fortel Studios, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more on the show. To learn more about the Glimpse Group, visit theglimpsegroup.com, T-H-E. G-L-I-M-P-S-E-G-R-O-U-P.com. Welcome to the show, DJ. Oh, thank you very much for the amazing introduction. It's my absolute pleasure. I've been waiting for this uh, call for so long. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Tell us, how did you get into mixed reality and virtual augmented mixed reality or XR technologies? It was a life calling uh, that I was seeking for for many, many years. And 2012, saw the Palmer Lucky Kickstarter video, and I was like, it has finally arrived. Uh, so from that point on, it's kind of a pivotal moment in time for me and my life. Um, started buying all the toys, uh, really just absorbing as much tech as I possibly could. Um, and the meetup uh, was formed shortly after that. Um, I, uh, I, I think the meetup started with 10 people in a, in a dusty old conference room. And uh, it just has steadily grown and grown and grown. And as it grew, uh, my involvement in the industry grew and grew and grew. Uh, so we're now the, I believe, the second largest VR meetup in the world. Um, it basically put me in direct connection with many of the developers in New York City, uh, the big entities, the Googles, Microsofts, uh, where we would hold our events, uh, as well as the whole investment community. Um, and then about four years ago, uh, the, the Oculus Rift and the Vive was coming out and uh, saw that there was an opportunity to actually start making a making a living out of it. Um, I put in my notice at, in my construction job, and a week later, I met my uh, my current business partner, Laurent Bendevin, uh, who saw the same timing and opportunity within the space. Um, he came from the investment side of things, uh, had his own tech startup, ran hedge funds, and then was most uh, recently involved in publicly traded companies uh, and had the idea of the Glimpse business model, uh, which was taking bits and pieces from, from his 
um, experience of hedging bets and the, the challenges with a typical VC uh, angel startup scenario, um, but was looking for uh, somebody like myself that was deep into the industry already and had connections and knowledge about the tech. Uh, so I had recently uh, had some uh, plenty of time on my hands because I had just given my notice. Uh, so we teamed up and that's when the Glimpse Group was formed. So you basically jumped off the cliff and said, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, that was the sailor dive moment. Um, I actually, I, I, I am very blessed to have a wonderful, supportive wife who um, was, was, knew, knew that there was no way I was not going to do it, but also happened to have a, a good job with health benefits. Uh, so I said, you know what, I, I got probably a year's runway to, to see what, what we can make happen. And uh, four years later, it's uh, still going strong. So Amazing. It's really, yeah, it's been really great. Yeah, we met, I think, was it three years ago at, uh, I want to say SVVR, uh, Silicon Valley VR. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, a very late night at a bar explaining this crazy glimpse group business model. And at the time, we were we were a fresh start. So I, I always like catching up with uh, the folks that have seen the whole roller coaster ride and, and how it's panned out. It's been pretty impressive. I mean, we we started our companies almost the same time. Um, we took a different approach. We went down the kind of consulting and custom build uh, as a company, and you know it served us very well. And um, you know, you guys took a different approach and bet on kind of ten companies. And explain you know the the business model because I think it's really unique. Sure, sure. So I'll just preface it with nobody really does it like we do it. Uh, so that has its pros and cons and, and trailblazing is a, is a difficult road sometimes. Um, but in comparison to the typical startup path, uh, we thought that it would have some advantages and, and hindsight is twenty twenty, and and we think that uh, it really does help, especially in an early stage industry uh, like AR and VR. So, so the way that we work uh, is the Glimpse Group is a holding company. Uh, we basically raise money at the top level uh, to seed out to our startups. Um, our startups are acquired in stock in the parent company, and then our entrepreneurs that come on to lead each of the divisions are given a, a basic salary, health benefits, uh, a ton of uh, front office and back office support um, by the parent company, and then a, uh, a, a basically a 10% undiluted stake in their entity upon exit. Uh, so in that way, it's analogous to uh, running through the whole VC, Series A, B, C rounds, um, but you, the, our entrepreneurs can really focus on their technology. Uh, they don't have to worry about a lot of the, the things that a typical startup uh, entrepreneur has to worry about. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. You know, one of the things that we keep seeing over and over again is these amazing startups who have fantastic products and you're know, very passionate, but they don't have the marketing prowess or they're missing, you know, the, the back end systems or, you know, they're just they just don't have the uh, business acumen to take their products to market. And that's actually one of the reasons we started XR Ignite um, was to kind of help these startups uh, foster their growth and introduce them to, to big companies. But uh, you guys are doing that in a, a different way. Instead of taking a small percentage like an accelerator, like Techstars or Ycom, you're acquiring the companies wholly, which is really interesting. 
Yeah, I think the the first conversation with entrepreneurs is <laughs> is always a little bit unique um, because they're used to the VC conversation of twenty five percent and and a bunch of money and six months runway and we just think especially in the XR space uh, that's a really really challenging road. It's here. a really hard bet. There's going to be uh, well, there already is a an entire graveyard of dead startups um, in this space. That's right. That's right. Uh, so here it's just it's just different, but it's also um, it may not be right for every entrepreneur. Um, I think one of the the glue that holds everything together here is is everyone here sees the value in the entire organization, and and it truly is a, a team environment, and that's one of the most striking things. You get out of the elevator and come into our, our midtown office. We have over 45 folks right now, um, and anybody that comes into the organization into the office just feels the the excitement and uh, the camaraderie. Um, and the the fact is, is if one person succeeds, the whole organization succeeds. Um, so it, it's a really unique and wonderful place to come to work. That sounds very exciting. So let's, let's unpack uh, each of the startups that you've invested in, because I think that's really, you know, exciting because most of these um, are B2B startups, um, meaning that, you know, they sell their, their products and services. Uh, some are in stealth, some are actually selling. So maybe do you want to start at the top and, and walk us through the startups that you've invested in? Sure, sure. So that's right. We are uh, completely enterprise focused. Um, no, no consumer thing. We, we did have one consumer gaming entity out of the gate, but uh, it became kind of clear that um, that consuming gaming was just going to take a while in, in the VR space. Um, and we are, we're basically placing bets um, in all of the major verticals that we see big opportunities. Um, so I'll just kind of run through quickly and then we can dive deeper into each one of them. Um, so Adept Reality is a training platform, enterprise training platform, uh, which I know you're super excited about. Um, and uh, really, I think in the immediate, um, that, that one has a really great ROI conversation and uh, they're having great traction. Um, in it is all focused on marketing and branding applications. Um, D6 is all focused on uh, data visualization. Um, they are working with um, big financial organizations as well as uh, universities on the education side. Um, Kabak is uh, one of the premier augmented reality um, modeling companies for fo initially focused on the food industry. Uh, they're super well known and uh, their, their models are just, uh, I think, second to none in the space. Uh, Mersif Health Group is uh, focused on clinical training, so another training division, but uh, more focused on the, on the health um, world. Uh, Create AR uh, basically founded on the principle of the user being able to create their own AR content. Uh, they have a new product called Post Reality, uh, where a user can upload a, a, a JPEG poster and then drag and drop um, augmented reality content on top What'd of it. What would you call it? Was it Push uh, AR? Or? Uh, post Reality. Cool. Post Reality. Uh, number nine is uh, has several products. It's uh, focused on broadcasting. Um, 
So live uh, photographic capture into AR and VR experiences. They have a couple of products um, that blend multi-user VR space with um, with uh, 180 captured VR uh, content, photographic content. Uh, that that product is called product. Uh, Chimera, C-H-I-M-E-R-A, and uh, that one is, we're focused on um, uh, scholastic applications. So we're, we're doing a bunch of work with universities, and um, you can basically have a, a professor give a, a class or a lecture to a real classroom as well as a virtual classroom. And I'll, I'll send you the link uh, to show what that looks like. Early adopter is focused on education. Uh, Fortel is building a platform, uh, almost like a white, white label solution for social VR experiences. The Motion Zone is a, a platform for sports data visualization, and uh, they are basically have a, an engine that uh, can be used for fan engagement uh, as well as training of athletes. So it sounds like you guys are really uh, broadly looking at so so the only uh, I guess thing that you know brings these uh, technologies together is the fact that they're using you know virtual augmented mixed reality or XR technologies. But other than that, they're in you know every different industry. It's in marketing, training, data visualization, food industry, clinical. Like it's it's crazy. How do you guys manage uh, the fact that you're in so many different verticals? Yeah, it, it is a it is a little bit of a trick, but I mean the glue for that is that they're led by a general manager and they're their own startup and they're responsible for what they need to do. Uh, the parent organization uh, we have a couple of uh, C levels, uh, myself included, uh, and we meet with the general managers on a on a every two weeks in a, a strategic meeting. Um, so that kind of keeps us informed and gives us the ability as the executive team to provide recommendations. But the general manager ultimately is in control of their entity. Um, and the executive team at the end of the day almost more works like a, a company board. We have revenue coming in and we have uh, whatever we've raised and we just have to decide how, uh, how the Cash gets distributed. The resources get distributed. Um, we meet as a as a whole entity every on a six month uh, basis, and in that town hall, everyone presents what they've done and what their goals are uh, for the next six months. So everyone's kind of aware, and and the people that are getting a little bit of tra more traction, perhaps get a little bit more of the resources. Um, and if uh, a company is struggling, then then we can step in and, and help them uh, figure out a direction uh, that may be a little bit better suited. So I, I think that that's a, a big advantage of our organization is the flexibility um, in the business model. I really love it. I think it's amazing because one of the things that I keep seeing over and over again is, you know, VCs will write huge checks. Um and in these startups are just kind of like, here's, you know, here's a million dollars. Good luck. And, you know, a lot yeah. of the times, you know, they're younger people and they, they've never run a company before and they, they're just technology people. And, you know, 
I love the idea that you guys are kind of wrapping professional um, management around them as well. And, and also, you know, that kind of community, uh, if one of your startups is, is in that they don't compete, which is really interesting because now if you have one of your startups say, Hey, um, you know, we're having a problem with this type of technology. Can, does anybody else know how to fix this? Um, now do you guys, do you, do you find that they're sharing technology, um, between the, the companies or how does that work? Um, so, uh, the workplace really is, uh, very collaborative, uh, even down to when we're finding new, uh, startups, uh, we, we have specific verticals that we're excited about, but we also know that it's great to have all different skill sets within the organization. Uh, so when an entrepreneur comes on and, and little examples, we have one entity that are masters of photogrammetry. We have another entity that's focusing on web AR and web VR. We have another entity that's focusing on AI or social. Um, so what ends up happening is when you have 45 people under one roof, all with their own expertise, it, it makes a very, very powerful organization. And many, many, many of our projects um, are collaborative efforts between organizations. Uh, so, for example, our uh, our social VR white label solution is currently partnered with our data visualization company, our health organization, our training organization, um, in basically giving their social solution to them, um, which is a way to bring revenue into multiple units uh, of the organization from any one given client. I really love that. That's amazing. So basically you have one client, you say, hey, you know, guess what? We have this amazing solution for you. And by the way, we've got six other ones. That's right. That's right. And and it's very common that we'll go into an organization um, based on a, a, an expected interest in one entity. And then through conversation, uh, they bring in entity two, three, and four uh, for other things. Uh, so it, it's really been a, a wonderful collaborative um, and, and great uh, ability that frankly, our competitors just don't have because they don't have the scale. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, you've kind of you've done what we're, you know, what we're attempting with, uh, with XR Ignite to just bring the community together because there's so much amazing talent, but it's in, you know, as you know, in very small, uh, one, two, three, four person teams. Um, I love it. That's right. The XR for Business podcast is brought to you by my employer, Metaverse, a global leader in XR strategy and product development. Metaverse has a range of products to help you leverage the transformative power of virtual, augmented, and mixed reality in your company. If you want to keep up to date with all things XR, you can sign up for our daily or weekly newsletter at xrforbusiness.io, x-r-f-o-r-b-u-s-i-n-e-s-s dot io. So let's dig into each one of these and, and maybe we'll, we'll do a one minute you know, intro of each of the companies. Cause yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, let's do it. Adept reality training platform. Tell me all about it. Sure. Um, so, and, and actually for anybody uh, listening, if you go to uh, the glimpsegroup.com, there'll be a, a link to each one of our entities. Um, and each one of the entities are in a, a different stage of their life. Um, so um, 
Adept actually is one of the newer organizations, um, and they're building a, a training platform. So uh, they have several existing customers that are that are prototyping, um, and we do a lot of engagements. the The first one is, is a, a first proof of concept, um, and then it graduates from there. Uh, that we we try to get a, a success uh, with a, a small engagement. And then that is the building block for the round two and round three, which uh, fortunately um, we've been successful with with several of our clients. Um, the training platform is highly customizable um, and it is designed to basically do anything from, from photographic type of content to computer graphic type of content and it's hardware agnostic. So. Uh, we we tend to pick the right hardware for the job. Interesting. So, you know, um, what type of industries or, or who would use it? Uh, we're working with some pharmaceuticals. I mean, it's actually really pretty varied. Um, so the I think the good thing about training is that it can be done for any organization. Um, so right now it, it's varied. Got it. So if people are interested in, in enterprise training, adept reality. That's right. So Inuit. Yeah, actually it's in it. Oh, in it. Um, How yep. do you spell it? Just in it. Oh, got it. Okay. Yep. Perfect. In it. Uh, so they are basically producing brand um, activations. And they it ranges from um, AR stuff to VR stuff. Uh, to web AR stuff, um, really, really any agency or brand needs an activation, we can come in and, uh, and create it for them. So what are some of the activations you've done with that company? Uh, they've done uh, some wine label AR work, uh, some uh, retail work, uh, some VR uh, activations for trade shows. Uh, again, very varied. Very cool. I love it. So um, let's move on to the next one. What do we got here? We've got D6 VR data visualization. Yep. Uh, so D6 has been building a platform for data visualization uh, for some time. Uh, it's Really, really cool. Uh, started for Tethered Solutions, and we're now moving towards um, more of the uh, mobile solutions. Um, and they have done work with a bunch of the big financials. Um, I would say more on the proof of concept slash experimental side of things. I think it's going to take some time before analysts are in a VR headset for a significant amount of time during the day. Um, but what we found a, a bunch of success with is uh, using it for really storytelling. Uh, so for these organizations to be able to tell their story in a much more profound way. Um, and then most recently, we've been working with universities who love the, the tool um, in order to uh, bring data visualization or immersive data visualization to their students. It's amazing. I've noticed a lot of universities are now jumping on the kind of VR bandwagon. They're, they saw some early successes and wins with uh, things like UVisit, where you can you know see a, a 360 tour of the campus. And I think that 
having those early wins uh, really unlocked the potential to use virtual and augmented reality for universities. It seems to be their voracious appetite for this right now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're in active conversations with a bunch of universities, uh, which has really been great. And their interest um, is, is across several of our entities, uh, data visualization just being one of them. Incredible. Which leads us to Quebec, which is, uh, you know, the first time I, I saw the Quebec guys, they, they showed me a hamburger in augmented reality that looked as real as a real hamburger. I couldn't tell. I was like, what the heck? And I had to look behind the phone to see, is that, is that real? So it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, they are masters. Um, and uh, now they, they're actually moving into other verticals um, out, outside of the food industry um, just because they've gotten so much traction and they're amazing artists. Um, and optimization uh, is a key component of that. Uh, so being able to do photogrammetry scan is, is pretty straightforward, but getting it to a size that can actually be distributed easily, uh, there's a, a little bit of special sauce. There, yeah, people is- don't realize that it's, it's easy to take a thousand pictures of a, of a product and t- turn out a beautiful 3D model. It's another thing to get it into a reasonable form factor or size that, you know, will run on a mobile phone because, you know, you end up with this, you know, two, 300 megabyte file, which is beautiful, but kind of useless. That's right. That's right. And, and to do it quickly. Yep. That's uh, so, the key. Yeah. So, and that's uh, a lot of their, their focus now is, is creating that pipeline um, to be able to pump them out quickly. Amazing. What about, in, uh, what are we right now? Immersive Health Group. Yep. Uh, so the Immersive Health Group um, is really seeing wonderful traction within the healthcare space. Um, it, they're focused on clinical training. And uh, right now there, there's, a, uh, there's a, a disconnect between how many nurses and clinicians there are available versus how many patients there are. We have a, a, a population that's getting older. Uh, so the problem is going to get worse. And um, VR is just a, a clear, uh, better economically, scalability-wise, and, and effectiveness in, in training clinicians. Um, so we're really excited about that entity. Um, and they're currently working with several organizations on, on building that platform. It's incredible. I really, uh, I think that one there is, I mean, I've seen some really cool things. Um, Precision OR is a, a, a virtual reality training for you know operations for uh, knee surgeries and stuff. And I, I got to try it at AWE this year, and it it was amazing. Like, you know, I, I'm not a surgeon, so I don't know what how accurate it was, but it felt like you know the way they did the haptic feedback in the controllers. And the thing is, with you know Oculus Quest now they didn't have a computer. They just literally pulled a headset out of their backpack, said, here, try this. I got to try it. And, you know, I was in a surgical suite drilling into a knee. It was amazing. Yeah. I think the, the Oculus Quest is, is such an enabler for our entire organization. Um, we, we had done many, many proof of concept types of VR activations, um, but dealing with tethered solutions and, 
PCs and lighthouses and steam. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. Or organizations <laughs> they they don't want to they don't want to mess with that. I don't want to mess around with it. The other night we we set up the whole vibe and we're like, yeah, we're gonna get into VR. And an hour later, I'm still doing Steam updates and messing around with it, trying to get it to work. And it was just ridiculous. So, yeah, I agree. We need to be able to pick it up, do what we need to do, put it down, get back to work. Yeah, yeah. We're really excited about the Quest. I mean, the the optimization required to do it is a little bit of a trick. Um, <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> and uh, it's early days for the Quest, so uh, we're, we're working through those things. But it, it's clear that uh, that is an amazing device and, and really allows any at enterprise application to, to really scale. And, and I, I'm a big fan of all of the, the untethered solutions that have gotten us here. Uh, but having true six degree of freedom, head and hands is is a game changer in my mind. Um, so we're, we're really excited about it. Incredible. That leads us to Crate AR. Yep. Uh, so again, they um, have a new product called uh, Post Reality. Definitely check it out. Um, and it, it's really easy and effective um, to create your own augmented reality posters. And they uh, have a, also more traction with the universities. Uh, one of the use cases is for PhD student uh, research poster events. Uh, so pretty common. You you walk down a hallway and you're surrounded by these flat posters that don't have any engagement. And uh, we have several contracts with universities that have licenses and their students are able to make their own augmented reality um, uh, research posters. That's incredible. Is it um, app based? That's right. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a, a, a web app. Uh, you upload your JPEG. You can bring your um, any of your digital assets, slideshows, videos, um, just drag and drop them onto it, and then you download uh, the app to your mobile device. And at that event, just pop it open, and uh, and you get to see all of this additional engagement. Um, and we've even built in a uh, okay a, a link for emailing. Uh, so there's also a level of communication that you didn't have before. Incredible. So number nine. Sure. So number nine is still a little bit in stealth mode here, um, but uh, number nine is really focused on um, broadcasting, cap video capture, and then um, being able to combine that uh, with virtual spaces. Uh, so. I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll send you a quick video showing their current product uh, that, again, they're working with some universities on. It's a, basically a, a virtual classroom. Very exciting. I'm, I'm actually really excited about that. I um, Just so everybody know, who's listening knows, we'll put all of these links into the show notes uh, at xrforbusiness.io. So talk to me about Early Adopter. Sure. Uh, so Early Adopter is focused on education. Uh, they actually uh, have a, a great partnership with Montefiore um, and they're uh, working with uh, the kids' hospitals. Uh, they're building a, a social world 
for uh, kids with cancer for when they're getting infusion. And that's a partnership with our social entity, Fortel, uh, which is amazing. They have a augmented reality timeline that goes into a classroom and they're partnered with another entity called uh, VRQuest. Um, and that's a great platform where um, kids can basically build virtual worlds, almost like Minecraft on a, on a standard PC. And then it gets exported to a headset. So uh, it's a way of basically dealing with the fact that schools nowadays won't have 30 headsets lying around, um, but they can afford to get one headset and still have the kids creating this, the, these worlds. Uh, the worlds and the, the assets are all aligned with core curriculum. Uh, so they kind of build their world and then they can export it and then uh, walk around in that world. It's really, really wonderful concept. Incredible. Uh, man, anything that can make uh, kids stay at a hospital better or you know, just make their lives better in general, I'm, I'm all in. Yep. Um, and then Fortel is our, our white label social solution. Uh, they partnered with a bunch of our uh, internal entities and uh, they're kicking off a, a new project um, which is basically uh, support groups in VR, which I also think is a, a wonderful. Unit. Oh my God, what a great idea. Yeah, so um, you have basically, uh, again, either kids with cancer or perhaps it's uh, folks that are afraid to leave their home, right? You can almost cherry pick the use cases, um, but still get a ton of value of, of being around other people um, and being able to share their emotions. And uh, this one, I really like this concept uh, because in many of our, our social VR use case discussions, uh, the avatar is a, is, a, is a huge problem, right? You, you're talking to an enterprise business and they want to do productivity in VR, but they don't want to look like a, a, a character or. A character. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want to be doing business with a robot and, and a Minecraft character. You want to do business with your colleagues. That's right. That's right. Um, and avatars are improving quickly, but we're not quite there yet. But for a support group, that uh, level of being a little anonymous, I think really, I think it's actually a really good pro uh, for the use case. Um, and again, now that Quest is here, um, it, it makes it much more viable, right? It's it's it can sit in a in a shoebox and get mailed to each person, um, and they're going to be comfortable because it's full six degree of freedom. I love it, and and you know, uh, you know, things like you know AA, you have to go to a meeting, and this it's it's disruptive in people's lives, and I think we're moving more towards you know being able to. Uh, to have these experiences at home. So I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it is the eventual path of telehealth. Um, and we're just the next level in it. And there's this, there's this sense of presence that you get in VR. And I, I, I talk about this a bunch. It's just way more impactful than, than Skyping or um, being able to feel as if you're with somebody is way more powerful than just seeing their picture on, on your screen. Um, I agree. I, I can't wait for when, you know, the next uh, generation of, uh, of quest comes out when it has eye tracking and 
you can actually really like look at somebody when the avatars are, you know, they don't need to be photo real, but they need to represent you and who you are. And then being able to look at somebody, see their body movements and their body, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're still early days with a lot of this stuff, but, but social VR is so powerful and people don't realize it. Everybody's, oh, you know, VR is an isolating experience, but it really isn't when you're in a space with other people. It's, it's magical, actually. That's right. You know, the times that I've been in VR the longest is always when I'm in a social setting. Uh, it's just time goes away and, and you're living your life and you're just in a virtual world. It's, uh, it, it truly is, is the killer app. Amazing. So let's talk about Motion Zone. Sure. Uh, so Motion Zone, uh, they are basically building their platform on web AR and web VR, um, which, you know, that I think will be huge. Um, and it's tough these days because it is so early. Um, but using machine vision to track players on a court, then grabbing that data and then putting it into an AR and VR experience so that either for fan engagement or for training purposes, people can understand what's happening on a court. Um, so that one is uh, in the, a little bit more on the early stages, um, but I think, and we haven't actually even decided whether to go the fan engagement or the training. We, we've gotten a little bit more traction on the training side, um, but we're exploring where that'll go once once the full platform is built. Very exciting. Well, that's, uh, man, there's a lot to unpack there. You know, you guys have have raised capital in purchased or, or I guess acquired 10 companies in 10 different verticals doing 10 different things, put them in a room and said, we're all going to work together and be successful. That's That's the idea. And then our goal eventually is to expand geographically. Uh, we think that the model works really great and there's a ton of value having all of those folks in New York, uh, but it doesn't mean that there isn't five or 10 great startups in Boston or wherever. Um, and we'll probably expand geographically close uh, so that we can stay involved and, and keep a close eye on it as it grows. Um, but in the long range, there might be glimpse hubs all over the space. Um, because we just think it's a, it's a great mechanism, uh, for startups to grow and eventually succeed. I love it. I, I think it's a really wonderful business model and I can't wait to, uh, to learn more about it. I know you guys now what's kind of your, your long-term plan is, is the plan to kind of, uh, acquire as many startups as possible and then, you know, go uh, do an IPO or. Yeah. So we always said that we wanted to get to 10 in New York. Uh, so we recently did that. Um, and right now we're not ex looking to expand geographically. We want to basically stay focused on the 10 that we have in New York, um, and get to be cash flow positive. Um, and definitely an IPO is uh, a potential, um, but we want to do it when it's the right time. Um, and oh, absolutely. My, my guess is it's going to be 24 months from now. I'll put my between 24 and 36 months. There's my bet. I, um, you know what? I, I, I don't want to bet you against you because <laughs> I, I would put it probably at that point too. Um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting because people don't realize that it took 10 years for our industry to get to $10 billion. 10 years. And it's going to be three to get to 100. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's it the timing is now and I think you guys you got a good head start on the industry. So, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're just we're really excited and and we're appreciative to the big organizations. Uh, AR um, is just becoming more and more accessible um, with uh, QuickView and and AR Kit, and uh, it's just you know all of the hurdles from consuming this content are, are just folding away. And then on the VR side too, with products like the Quest, uh, just it, it's really exciting to see. Um, and we think like you, in the next two years, it's going to be a big, big jump. I agree. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me. Um, DJ, it's been, uh, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you and, and you know, getting to, to learn this. And now we can share our, our conversations with the world. So I've been really looking forward to this podcast. So thank you so much. Absolutely. It was a pleasure uh, being on board for this. And uh, I'm sure that we'll stay in touch. So if you want to learn more about the Glimpse Group, you can visit theglimpsegroup.com. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been the XR for Business podcast with your host, Alan Smithson. This podcast is another amazing example of how XR technologies are revolutionizing businesses across literally every industry. In this case, Glimpse Group is across all the industries. So uh, again, Glimpse Group, theglimpsegroup.com. And I'm really, really uh, appreciative and grateful to have uh, DJ Smith on the show. Thank you again, DJ.